Well, 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 welcome to the mayhem. Dick and Lloyd mayhem. Media mayhem. Market in a mayhem. You might love it, you might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show. Hey, welcome into the show. This time we've got three exciting personalities from the Kansas City area to talk to. We're going to kick things off with Randy Wistoff, uh, director of the Kansas City Zoo in just... Uh, why do we have a 1960s phone hooked up in the studio? Let me get this. Yeah, uh, Hello? Hey, Champ, Buzz Martini. Oh, it's Buzz Martini, uh, the sales guy for our podcast. Hey, listen, I got a concept that's going to help get us some attention, make you guys some money, and maybe get us out of this... Uh, out of this corner we painted ourselves into with this stupid podcast. Uh-oh. What is it? Okay, here's the deal. You know how Uber's a hot thing, you know. You know about Uber. Yeah. And you know these scooters, they're all over the place. I mean, this is the latest deal. Oh, yeah, those uh, those bird things. So I came up with this idea, champ. Scoober. What? Scoober? That's right, Scoober. What? what, what? It's going to work, I'm telling you. It's a great idea. You guys... Uh-oh, here it comes. Hang out downtown with a couple of these bird scooters outside of uh, outside of that place uh, totally nude on Grand. Oh, wait a minute, what? And you offer to chauffeur people so they can stand on the back behind you guys and still keep eyeing their cell phone while they travel. Well, I, I, See? I... I don't know. So, you guys charge them 30 cents a minute. 30 cents? So, you net 15 a minute on each ride. <laughs> okay. Uh, you stay out for eight hours, that's over 480 minutes, champ. I'm talking about 72 bucks each day. Oh, uh, jeez. Now, we can use that money to buy ads on good podcasts. Or we can buy Loy some cigars and get you a book on how to keep them lit. I don't know. Well, here we are, Loy, out at the zoo. This Man, is a, I love the zoo. This, this is, is a lot of fun. Quite a place out here. And, you know, we're out here about mid-morning or so when we're recording this, and, and there are people filing in here from all over the place. Yeah, I saw some interesting folks. You know, um, we've got an interesting folk across the table from us here. Randy Wistoff. Randy, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's good to have you with us here. Now, you've already been in a meeting or two here this morning. Uh, I'm sure solving a lot of the problems of the zoo and taking care of business. Uh, trying to take care of business. Nothing nothing fun. You know, yeah. the, bo- the boss never gets to do anything fun <laughs> anymore. I used to get to work with animals. Now, <laughs> now it's all about the business. Stuff. Oh, you know, you never think of that. But Randy, yeah. of course, CEO, zoo director, and... Uh, and how long have you been doing that now here? I've been here uh, almost 15 years, wow. and I was at the Omaha Zoo for 26 years. Yeah, yeah. Actually started my career, I could, you couldn't get any lower than when I started in Omaha. What were you doing? I drove the garbage truck. Oh, did you really? Yeah, weekends while wow. I was in school. You know what? Yeah. I can think of a few things at a zoo that are a little bit lower than that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, did, I did get that job, too. I became <laughs> okay. an animal keeper. Did you really? Okay. Uh, part of my trash duties, though, were picking up the daily elephant manure oh. in the middle of winter. Yeah. And uh, the zoos were much different then because basically you were kind of in the stalls with the elephants. Sure. Cleaning and then taking that uh, used... 
uh, betting and I think putting the, it on a dump truck. In the official term, mucking out the stall, uh, yeah, something like yeah, that. I yes, was uh -huh. a good mucker. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I stuck around and wow. uh, kind of stuck with it and just However, the zoo world. you know, when you were getting that elephant manure, they didn't just throw that away, did it? Didn't they sell that to people for putting on plants and yeah, yards yeah. and that kind all, of thing? All the zoos do composting, do yeah. yeah. Uh, because you have to be careful what you do with that stuff. But it's great, great on your tomatoes. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I, I used some that. of that, and I kept getting a bunch of peanuts plants. Oh, did you really? Yeah. 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 Get popping up around there. Snap those it. peanuts out. Gosh, is there somebody here at the zoo doing the job that you started out doing up in Omaha? Oh, yeah, a lot Probably of people. So. Yeah. A lot of people. It, it's, a, it's a profession. An awful lot of people, my peer group, started at the bottom somewhere mm -hmm. and uh, got into it out of, out of, I don't know, abject poverty, and then... Uh, Wanted to get beyond that, yeah, and then sure. you just stuck with it. It's a profession you just get involved with, and you there's so many things happening. It's a, just being around the animals. Well, how about you? Before Omaha, which I've been to that place up there, yeah, it's, it's a quite great a zoo, zoo, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah. quite a deal. Oh, it's yeah. one of the best quite in the world. Reputation. Yeah, one of the best in yeah. the world. Um, what was it that you said? Hey, I want to do this zoo work back then. I, you know, I don't, I've never been able to trace that back to what, what <laughs> triggered right. it. Mm -hmm. But I, I, when I was a, a kid, I grew up in north central Iowa, a small town, mm -hmm. and my uncle had a farm. And uh, we were real close, my family and, and that family were real close. And we went out to the farm about every Sunday. Yeah. And they had uh, cows and, and hogs and chickens. It's back when the farms were small and they grew lots of stuff and mm -hmm. a lot of animals. and. I just really loved going out to the farm. And I think that's probably, I was a little city kid, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I think that's probably where I got that love of intrigue. Um, and it, it just, I just ended up, everything is, I think, luck or timing or whatever. Yeah. Ended up working part-time in Omaha at the zoo, and that was... 1977. And here you go. And yeah. here I go. And here you are. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of developments here, of course, at this zoo. Who was the director right before you? A gentleman by the name of Mark Worms. Okay. He was here about 12 years. Prior mm -hmm. to him was Ralph Waterhouse. Boom, okay. 10, 12, 15 years. And this zoo's been here since the early 1900s. Uh, 1909. Yeah. yeah. Opened as a city zoo. The original building's still here. Mm -hmm. the, we've got the Tropics building now. That's the big stone building that's, yeah. that's still yeah, here. And I, yeah. I guess when the, when the zoo opened out here, everybody wondered, oh my gosh, it's way, way, way out there in the edge of town. Mm -hmm. Nobody will ever go to it. Mm -hmm. I think you could ride the streetcar out. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. And, wow, and, 1909. Yeah. And and so do, does any, can you tell me, what was the oldest animal that has ever resided in this place? Uh, because you've been around over some, 100 some of years. The, some of the elephants, uh, they'll usually live into their, they can live into their 50s. At that, at that time, Some of those animals, tortoises are around for a while. Yeah, we, probably, yeah we do have an Aldabra tortoise that might uh, Chip, I think, is his name, mm -hmm. and he he may be pushing a hundred. Uh, we can't find his birth certificate. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's probably buried in the cornerstone of the tropics building. Oh, probably. We can so. safely say all the original inhabitants have moved on. That's right. Yeah. You know, one of my board members, his his little kids are enamored that their dad is on our zoo board. Yeah. And he was. Uh, they were riding on the sky safari after we put it in, and he was. Uh, my board member was telling his son about. Uh, you know, being part of the zoo and, and then how the zoo was, I think it was back when we were celebrating this, the uh, centennial, and his little boy looked up at him and said, 
Mr. Wistock doesn't look that old. <laughs> <laughs> he thought I was only 100. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, gosh. What are some of the uh, stories you might have of moments when you either questioned your job as the zoo director or thought, how am I going to take care of this? I mean, one that I think of is, is uh, what, the chimps escaping or some chimps escaped uh, a few oh, years ago? Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah. They've, they've, been, they've been on, uh, they, they are pretty good escape artists, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, they, they've been out a couple times. They've been out a couple times, which yeah, they, is, yeah, yeah it, it, any time an animal gets out of an enclosure, it's, it's not a good thing. And well, we do know, everything we can to prevent that. Sure. But, uh, the first time was early on, probably, uh, I, I started in the fall of 2003, and it probably 04, 05. Uh, we had a, a, a windstorm, a real windy spring. It was, a, during, it was actually the day of a, of a board meeting in April, mm-hmm. sitting in our, our boardroom uh, conducting business, and I had one of my employees jumping, jumping in the window and came in the door and tippy-toed around and whispered in my ear, the chimps are out. Oh. And it was like, oh my gosh. But uh, one of the, you know, the, the beauty of Swope Park is the, the forest effect here. Mm-hmm. And, and the zoo is in such a beautiful location with all the trees. A tree had blown over up on the uh, golf course side, uphill from the chimp exhibit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the branches, the big branches of this big, I think it was a big oak tree, uh, came across the concrete wall that's out there and provided an exit route. And the chimps just boomity boom, and I think we had eight of them out. They took it, yeah. They took the, they took the route out, and uh, we have a lot of procedures and protocols, and we practice this sort of thing. We, mm-hmm. We're practiced for worst case scenario all the time, hoping it never happens. Uh, but the chimps got out, they went for a little walk. Um, Chimps are, the good thing about chimps is they're very social and they like to stick together. So okay. we didn't have eight chimps. Uh, all of them didn't leave. Some of them said, no, yeah. we'll just, we'll yeah. play it safe. The, food, the food's good <laughs> well, here. Well, yeah, we kind of like, we kind of like the accommodations. Uh, they did work for peanuts, though. So. <laughs> the laughing kookaburras appreciated uh, Randy's joke there. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, they, they hung together, and it's always after the fact, when you go back and review what happened, it's always a ha-ha funny story. But they, they made their way over. They didn't violate the perimeter fence. They, they came the right way. They came in towards the zoo mm-hmm. instead of going up to the golf course. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what a chimp would do with a golf club or a golf cart, but uh, we didn't want to learn uh, what that oh, experience wow. would be, but they came. They, they came into the zoo. Let you play through. They, they, yeah, yeah, just let them play yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, they were in a back area the entire time, and but we we uh, get all the visitors and mm-hmm. get them in safe spots, and we have all kinds of protocols. Yeah. The chimps went down towards this back holding area that our rhinos live in. There's a holding barn, and then farther down is is where the giraffes go at night. But the chimps made it down to the rhino barn, and under a, an, a sort of an eaves soffit there is a, was a vending machine, soda pop for the, uh, our keeper staff that works out in that uh-huh. area. 
Well, the chimps were at the vending machine and kept pushing the buttons and nothing came uh, out. So. It's just like at a 2001 A Space Oddity, yeah. you know, where they're looking at the big black monolith there. So yeah. It was a Coke machine. <laughs> it was a Coke machine. Oh, and and wow. then they, they kind of, we had, we had the animals circled. So we, we have a, a, a human perimeter, but we, we get vehicles. So we're not out there just standing because mm-hmm. chimps can be very violent. So. We made a, a perimeter with vehicles, and, and then, uh, then being calm is the most important thing, and you try to move that perimeter in a bit, and we had somebody that was in, in the building, in their holding building, and had the, uh, hoping that they would come back the same way they got out yeah. uh, at some point, uh, because it, it's, it's an adventure, they're in unknown space, uh, and, and they are adventurous but as a group so the group wasn't moving to get out of the zoo they were just kind of wandering around seeing what mm-hmm. yeah kind of experience what yeah. the keepers experience sure so we uh we tried a number of things food items uh we got we went to the snack bar and got french fries and tried any we tried any, anything food is a great enticement for all of us, yes, no matter exactly. what, no matter what the species is, you know, you train a dog with a, with food or birds or mm-hmm. elephants. So we went and tried some snack bar food, and that wasn't enough of an enticement. So we went up and we found uh, actually what worked uh, was I think it was milk duds that really? ended up working chocolate. Wow, chocolate, hmm. the, oh the great my. the great equalizer yeah. that yeah. we had chocolate, and somebody was standing. After they, they went back, they got on the wall, helicopters flying over from the news station, yeah, and we had sure. to back them off because they were spooking them. But they got back in their enclosure, and to get them back in so we could address the tree issue, uh, we had some of our staff that were throwing candy bars and milk duds out into the area where the chimps normally are, and then we, they kept, they loved it. They absolutely loved chocolate. They don't get it, so they loved it. And they started moving in, and they got to a point where we could lock them in. I'll be darned. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they well, got out, they got well out. trained because the last time I went to the chimp house, I saw the chimps throwing some chocolate back. At I'll people. bet you did. Yes, uh, that, Lloyd, that wasn't chocolate. A little different. Oh, yeah, there. That was, that's yeah. what. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gosh. Wow. <laughs> you know um, what, what? What's new about the zoo here that you're excited about? Oh, we just opened a touch tank, mm-hmm. a great uh, experience. There's a lot of zoos that, that have touch tank experiences. We've got uh, stingrays oh, in it. Heard about mm-hmm. that. Stingrays yeah, yeah. and some sharks. Uh, these aren't man-eating sharks. They're not even finger-eating sharks, but uh, little kids love to stick their, think they're sticking their hands in a tank that's filled with sharks. You know, I did the stingray thing once down at uh, Grand Cayman Island, yeah, I think. Yeah, have you yeah. ever done something like that where they take the boat out and they throw a bunch of bait out there and these I things come up? I did that same experience. And, and I, t- I never dog paddled quite so hard to try to keep from stepping on them, you know? I was it's, just, I was scared to death. Yeah, well, they're yeah, scary yeah, looking yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an experience. We've got these little um, uh, cow nose rays and we got 24 of those and mm-hmm. we've got four southern rays. They're probably the size, if you laid about three dinner plates together to give an idea of what, mm-hmm. what size these are. They're, okay. not, they're not overly big. Yeah. Got them from an animal uh, a specialist in, in Marathon Key, Florida, okay. and brought them up here. Uh, the sharks we acquired from some other zoos and aquariums. Put them in a tank. The tank's about 22,000 gallons of salt water, and uh, we have to make 
you know, you think, where, where do you get 22,000 gallons of salt water? Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have it on the store's of, uh, shelf at a grocery store. Yeah. You have to make it, so you start with city water and we, we get boxes of a product that's called, we refer to it as Instant Ocean. Mm -hmm. It's a 40, 40 pound box, it weighs about six, or it costs 16 bucks a box, and you use one box for every 150 gallons of water. And we mix it up and it has to set and cure, and then that's what, wow. you ha it has to be perfect. Oh, you, yeah, sure. you can't just run tap water and throw, especially throw an animal that's lived in the ocean. Yeah. Because you, you that's, their, that's their air supply. Mm, sure. Now, freshwater fish were made to live in lakes and ponds and streams. So you can use tap water, you just take the, the chlorine out of it and, and you're good to go. But ocean water, you have to make. So mm, we, wow. we create it, we make ocean water, we keep it in a temperature range. Ocean fish can't uh, vary too much in, their, in the temperatures they'll tolerate. So we've got uh, uh, coolers and, and heaters on the water that we can keep it from about 75 to 80 degrees. So in the, in the summertime now, uh, with the heat we've had in Kansas City, we cool it down a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, filter it through three different kinds of filtration, and then we've got a, a unit that it goes through, and it'll warm it up or cool it down so it's uh, uh, prime for the uh, animals. Mm -hmm. But people can go in into this building, and uh, a little bitty wall that you reach over, and uh, you can buy food, you can buy a little fish mm -hmm. to feed it, or just stick your hand in there, and. The, the rays all think you have food, so they come up and they oh, let you touch them. I'll be darned. And they're small, and it's more controlled than jumping in and the water. If I remember, they're different. On the bottom, they feel one way, and the top, they feel another yes, way. Don't yes, they? yes, they do. They're a little, little more scaly on the top and yeah. pretty soft on the bottom. I'll be darned. But uh, I'm also happy to tell you that, uh, you know, we've, I guess I'm happy. We've, we've only had three kids that have fallen in the pool. Okay. They, they've gotten right. so excited that oh, sure. they, they lean over so far, boom, they're in the pool. I'll bet you, just to see the eyes of those kids when they're standing up in the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Quite, it, yeah I told you it was an experience. Yes. Yeah, it's, that's a true wow. experience. Now, you uh, can't just run over to the grocery store and buy food for these animals. Where do you, where, where does it all come from? Uh, all that that, is, what, that is a major job. Our grocery bill here at the zoo is about $600,000 a year. Yeah. We're feeding about 1,800 animals, and they all have very specific diets. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the stuff we can go to the grocery store, or we get it from vendors that uh, supply grocery stores. We feed a lot of fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. and it's just it's the same thing you'd go buy and, and take home and eat. And we don't have a lot of growers like California or, or Florida where yeah. you, could, you could go out and find a farmer that was growing yeah. lettuce year-round. We have to have... That, that food source every day of every, every year. Sure. So, so if they eat carrots and tomatoes and lettuce and broccoli, then that's what they have to have, 365. We, we've really monitored the nutrition. All, all health issues are related to nutrition. Our biggest challenge, one of our biggest expense items, is, is the, the fish that we have to buy to feed to our stingrays. Our penguins only eat seafood. Our sea lions only eat seafood. And our polar bears, uh, seafood is a major part of their diet. And most of these animals won't eat. Uh, the, the nutrition isn't right with freshwater fish. So we can't go get, uh, go out and catch bass and carp and catfish and yeah, feed it. Yeah. It's got to come from the ocean. So yeah, sure. we have to order it a year in advance. And uh, I think we went through 20 tons of fish last year. Wow. That almost all of it hauled in here from Florida. 
Yipes. Yeah, that yeah. Is something. Wow. Yeah. So it's a it's a big it's a big part of what we do. What about the larger predators? What what is like the biggest thing that you have to buy that's a, a living creature to feed to other ones? Uh, we don't buy any living creatures. Or, we, but, you we, know, we, yeah, we, recently we, uh, <laughs> deceased. We don't do that either. Um, uh, we, we feed our, our carnivores get a, a beef, uh, ground beef mixture mm. that comes from packing houses that uh, supply zoos mm -hmm. and uh, circuses, okay. anybody that has animals like this. It's, it's good meat, yeah, it's, it's inspected. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most humans wouldn't eat it, but it's, it's good, clean. Because again, you know, these animals are, they can't take care of themselves. Uh, we can't go out and get another one. So the nutrition and health and all those sorts of things, you know, we, wanna make, we wanna make sure we're feeding them good stuff yeah. and it's consistent and it has the same fat content. We watch their weights really close. Uh, if they get a little too chunky, we put them on a little diet. If they get a little, we think they need to gain a few pounds, we up up their calories and maybe and we could stop by on that diet thing yeah. and get some tips uh yeah you think? Dude, i can't imagine all that work yeah. that goes into keeping them i mean i can't keep a house plant alive I, <laughs> it's just like oh man oh, more i challenge. forgot to feed the uh yeah so how do people get involved with the zoo to help out either support money-wise or just uh, person-wise? Oh, one, one of the nicest things that anybody can do is buy a membership to the zoo that, yeah. that kind of gives us that uh Support your money goes to operation, and then we kind of get you on our mailing list, and mm -hmm. you, you learn about the zoo. Uh, we have volunteer opportunities, uh, a, a lot of it uh, with docents and with with uh, teenagers, and anybody in between. I have a lot of areas to to. Uh, but the most important thing is just coming out and using the zoo. Come out and see yeah. see the animals. It's great great setting, good family time or couples time, or just come and walk around by yourself. It's. Uh, not a lot of distractions other than just seeing seeing animals. Pretty quiet out here in Swope Park. Uh, How's the new polar bear working out with the other one? She's she's doing great. Uh, we had there's Bam Bam and Berlin, mm -hmm. and polar bears, you know, they don't live together. They live solitary lives. So I would say uh, our two girls, one of them's thirty and one's twenty eight. They tolerate each other, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't. They they'll probably never become buddy okay. buddy and sleep together. Yeah. They've always got one eye on what the other one's doing. Sure, uh, yeah. it's all about survival in polar bear world, and yeah. and the biggest and the one that can be the most daunting is going to get to the to the blowhole where the seal, mm -hmm. seal pokes its head out first. Yeah, they out there's an alpha and beta and. Right now, Bam Bam and Berlin are figuring out. They're they're both they they want to do a dual alpha. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they're wow. they're doing yeah. okay. They just give each other their yeah. Their it's kind of like Loy and I. Yeah, I like to be a fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're just so catty. About a year ago, I was hanging out at the Amsterdam Zoo, and I'm walking around, and there's Randy Wistoff. And, uh, no, actually, we, we both took groups on a Rhine River cruise, a river cruise, and that Amsterdam Zoo was quite a place. It, it, it really is. That was part of the, uh, when, we, when we lined up going on, on the Rhine River, yeah. it was, uh, what could we do that tied it to kind of what, what we do? So mm -hmm. we lined up some uh, tours of some zoos along the Rhine, went to the Amsterdam Zoo, and then I don't think you joined us at the Basel, Switzerland Zoo. That was the terminus of the trip. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And then, then we went up to Lake Lucerne mm -hmm. and uh, stayed a couple days and took the train up to Zurich. 
to see the zoo there. And I, um, the Kansas City Zoo is involved internationally, so I knew the directors of all of those zoos yeah. and lined up that we got a little special tour or introduction. And uh, it's just fun to go see a zoo anywhere. They're all different. Uh, we all have different animals or different conservation projects we're working on, but it, it really is a global community. We work very closely, both nationally and internationally, on, on animal conservation and programs. And uh, there's things that uh, as the Europeans are, are doing that are great things uh, in the zoo world. So it's, it's always fun to kind of stop by if we're, if, if we're in the neighborhood. Yeah. But uh, we, we had that big group, Dick. I think we had 50 or 60 people from mm -hmm. the Kansas City area that yeah. went to the uh, Amsterdam Zoo that day, which yeah. was kind of out of the norm on one of those riverboat trips. They usually don't go visit zoo, and I think we had a, everybody kind of had a Had a good time. Day. It was yeah, fun. It was a good yeah, place. it was just sure fun. Sure was, yeah. You know, you do an awful lot of traveling. You know, you got some other trips straight ahead, going to Africa yeah. and things like that. And, uh, you know, uh, we focus on a couple areas in the world, don't yeah, we, we do. Yeah, we do. We do. Well, one of the special things we do is we have a little quiz about Germany or Florida because that's where all the weird crime in, on planet Earth happens in one of those two places. And so someone, whenever we have a guest who's really worldly, <laughs> we like to engage them in this game that we play called Germany or Florida. All right. Germany or Florida. Germany or Florida. Germany or Florida. Things are so effed up there. All I'm, right. I'm game. All right. You are game. Here we go. This one has a zoo theme. So oh, good. I'll tell you the story. You tell me, did this happen in Germany or Florida? Okay. All right. A 19-year-old was arrested, and he faces two counts of burglary and grand theft. Uh, he's the second man in this ordeal charged in connection to the animal thefts that occurred over the past couple of weeks there. Uh, they said that they found three box turtles, two red-foot tortoises, a skink, and a squirrel monkey were found inside his apartment. Four more animals, two gopher tortoises, and two box turtles are still missing. All right, Randy Wistoff, world traveler. Did this happen in Germany or Florida? That could have happened either. Either uh, I'm gonna guess Florida. Florida. Lloyd, tell him if anything, but he's won. A new car! Come on down! But that looks like a Hot Wheels. That's <laughs> yeah, Matchbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Which is oh, good. Yeah. There yeah, are sure. crazy people in the there world. There are crazy There around. are crazy people. And They're I think all there. I don't know. the three of us may be among them. I'm not sure. But yeah. Randy, thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. Good seeing you guys again. Good really talking enjoyed it. Come out to the wildest place in town anytime. All right, our multi-talented personality show continues next with Rich Linden, who makes his career hollering things out in arenas. Hang on. It, oh, God. All right, let me get this. Yo, hello. Good day, Richard. It's Reginald. Oh, it's Reginald Troutbreath III. How are things out in Beverly Hills? Well, things are going swimmingly, Richard. Thank you, except I am a little bit upset. Actually, I'm mortified by... 
the gentleman who is inhabiting the White House right now. You mean President Trump? Yes, that one. Well, what seems to be the problem? He failed to curtsy before Her Majesty the Queen. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Anyway, I'm a stickler for protocol. And I, now stop I, right there. What? A feller doesn't have to curtsy before the Queen. Really? Uh-huh. Not supposed to curtsy before the Queen? I'm sorry, but yes, that's that's correct. Richard, I have to go. Uh, what do you mean? I fear I've made a grievous error. I've got to take down some photographs on Facebook from the last event at the Dixie... Dixie Bell. Toodaloo. All right, Reginald, good luck with that. Hey, let's mosey on down to Diebel's Cigar Club and see who's uh, standing by. Well, Dick, you know, we, we talk about media and marketing, and and I met this guy a while back. He Which, which bar was that? Place. Yeah, right here in our All cigar right. lounge. Okay. He really uh, is in a kind of a different space, but he's in he's in both of those worlds. He's a big personality. He's a big guy. In fact, you know, he could be a WWF guy. He'd be one of the good guys, I think, because he's got the hair for it, really. And his name is Rich Linden, and he works in arenas a lot. Yeah. He's a master ceremony, a PA guy. He's got that, well, you'll see, he's got that voice, Dick. You know how people always tell you. Dick, if you just had a voice, you could really do something in radio. Sure. Well, this guy has the pipes. Okay. He's a great guy. Rich Linden. Hey, Rich, welcome. How are you gentlemen doing today? Come on up in the big chair there. There you I go. I like it. It's yeah. cushy. Yeah. You yeah. like it here at the Cigar Lounge, Dude, don't you? It's very manly. I know. Manly point five. You know, Rich, um, what is it that you do? When, when people ask question. you, what do you tell them? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Depends on who I'm talking to. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I'm at a strip club. It's a different answer. Yeah. Uh, but primarily, I sports announce. That's it. Do events. Making people happy. Primarily in athletic events, but large foundation galas, big parties. Do you create the events yourself, kind of? Sometimes. Or? Uh, do you? Yeah. Sometimes okay. I create, and sometimes uh, people just hire me. Yeah. So. Okay. So sometimes you're just that voice that comes over and says goal by escudero yes okay yeah you really don't have to be smart to do that i think you Um, do you you just have to have a voice and pay attention Uh, now how do you pronounce all those names though you do your homework don't you yeah do your homework actually i'm really proud of that that's one of the things i'm very proud of is we get a lot of foreign players and to be able to say their name correctly with their dialect can you give us an example of one? Do you have one on the top of your head? Uh, you remember? Yes, there was a player last week playing for uh, men's volleyball, NCAA men's championship, volleyball championship. Yeah. He was Hawaiian. His name was uh, PJ uh, Kaliki Fuhi Ho Ho Lu. Kaliki Fuhi Ho Lu. Wow. <laughs> Being able to say that over and over. I, I hope he wasn't really active in the game. <laughs> he was. He was I had a to bench say his warmer, name. I hope. I had to say his name all the time. But, you know, that and we, I, I do a lot of volleyball. There's a lot of Brazilians that play volleyball. Okay. And uh, Portuguese, the Brazilians pronounce their names differently than Spanish-speaking uh, countries. So. Oh, man. Just yeah. throwing you a curve there. Yeah. So you got the Portuguese dialogue down. I too. love it. Now, you, uh, you've done some local stuff around Kansas City area, too, right? Love local. Yeah. I love Kansas City. This, is, this has been my home for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do uh, voice of UMKC Athletics, Park University Athletics, do stuff at, down at Union Station, their New Year's Eve crazy party. 
every year. Um, Love the acoustics there in Union Station. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Unless you get too many people, and then, yeah, forget it. You yeah. can't hear anything. So, so I'm guessing you you really put on a show, though, sometimes. I mean, you are... Not sometimes. You're a showman. Every time. Yeah. Because this is a podcast, people can't see how dashingly handsome you are. <laughs> it's a good and thing. And you are uh, not a small man. Pretty large You're man. Pretty, pretty big presence. And, and you uh, have quite a bit of style, I would say, a flair. Try to do the flair. Um, I mean, it comes down to this. I, I told you guys this before. I always felt like Charlie Brown growing up. You know, I kind of grew up as the dork nerd loser. Didn't get invited to parties. <laughs> Didn't get invited to stuff. And as I got older, I found the talent, both producing and programming music and just the voice to handle events. That's how I approach it now. I want to reach every single person. I want every person, when they come into an event that I'm doing, I want them to feel like they're specially invited. Okay. They're welcome. Cool. That, that's the approach, man. Rich Linden's with us. Now, Rich, I see I took a little something off the internet. Oh, boy. Uh, that you spoke at the Rotary Club of Independence a while back, a few years ago. What, what was the topic when you go to a Rotary Club? What do you talk, <laughs> what do you talk about? Well, at that time, uh, I've created an event in Kansas City uh -huh. coming up in October. It's called Games for Good. Okay. So I was talking to Ro Rotary Clubs about um, this event primarily, and we realized people in Kansas City kind of know this, but not entirely, that... Kansas City is in the top 10 in the entire United States for uh, cities that give volunteer time and oh, give really? money. Okay. So I wanted to create wow. an event where we celebrate uh -huh. all the good works. You know all the nonprofits here, whether it's rescuing animals or protecting, you know, battered uh, spouses. Sure. All of these. So, yeah, I was talking to the Rotary Club, pumping this up, getting everybody out there. Last year we had, I don't know, close to 2,000 people show up the Liberty Memorial uh, Park outside the World War I Museum. Okay. And we had over 40 nonprofit agencies that came out to represent. So, cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And Independence cool. is good. They throw, a, they throw a great party every year. They have a wine festival. Hard to compete I with live booze. in Independence. I'm very aware of that. I sure am. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh -huh. You were thrown out of that. I think I was. I was, I was thrown off the square, I believe. Yes. Uh -huh. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? It takes a lot to get thrown out of Independence. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> What are the rules for being a good MC? Be a good MC, you gotta you gotta find that line. I approach it as a servant. I'm a servant. Yeah. I want to be that servant leader for the crowd. Even though I wear flashy clothes, I'm a large man. I've got a deep, booming voice. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about my clients, the people that are, the sponsors that mm -hmm. have donated money. Yeah. But you gotta find that balance. You know, there's so many guys that. If you tip too far, then you're just cheesy, mm -hmm. and everybody hates you. And it's all about me, me, me. Then the other side is you're not, you're not flared up enough. You got to really pump it, man. That's that what people sense. want, and stay humble at the same time. That's the balance. I mean, they, you got to keep their attention, and you got to yeah. make them like you, yep. which you do. Keep their attention. You are one of the most lovable men in Kansas City. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of feel weird saying that, you know, out loud. I hope so. Man. At least it's I just hope so. Donna. I hope I hope that people in Kansas City realize how awesome they are. I mean, I'm a product of this city, man, um, for many many years. So, did you go to high school around here? Uh, yeah, I went to Ray Peck, Raymore Peculiar. Okay, all right. Panthers. We were kind of country hick back then because I'm old. 
Now you go out there now and it's all fancy and oh yeah, yeah. You know, I tried to go to a football game a couple of years ago and they they wouldn't let me. It was sold out and I'm like, do you know who I am? <laughs> they didn't no. care. Yeah. No, they they didn't care. Did you play football for right no, now? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, I was a theater and drama guy. Oh, there you go. Okay. There well, you is. went on into college and had formal training in voice. Yeah, I went to the conservatory of music. Got my degree in vocal performance with a dance minor. Did some acting in and around Kansas City. Bass, baritone. What do you think? Baritone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Back then. What performed. are some of the shows you've been in around Kansas City? Oh, I did a bunch of shows with the Missouri Repertory Theater, which okay. is now, what's it called? The Rep. Kansas City yeah, Repertory Casey Theater. Yeah, Casey Rep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, did some shows at the Lyric Opera. Okay. As soon as I graduated, I actually fell into producing for radio, and that was fun. I was going to ask you about Back radio. Back in the day. You've had an interesting <laughs> little radio, a bunch of stuff that you've done off and on, haven't you? Yeah, I still do some voiceover work and produce for different people, but uh, radio was a blast 30 years ago. Now, when you're talking about producing, like who did you work with or for? Primarily one of my college roommates. Mm -hmm. um, so he hooked me up. But I did a lot of stuff for Mix 93, did some stuff for... Well, I got started at 1065. It was kicking country. Oh yeah, yeah. Back then. I'm but guessing you wrote stuff too. Wrote you wrote did material, developed characters and developed characters, wrote the material, went out man on the street, went out and did some recording. Okay. Um for bits and pieces and stunts. The that's street guy. The street guy. Yeah. So you're cool. thinking on your feet a lot and that's what you have to do I guess when you're when you're in an MC role too, Absolutely. reacting and getting reactions out of people, and yeah, got to feel it. Got to you got to tap into the crowd and the athletes to to really give it your best. You know, I'm sure there were times when I had didn't have it. You dial it in, but I try really hard not to do that for every single person. So, you know, even in basketball tournaments, say there's four games back to back. Every single game is different. You have different, slightly different fans, mm -hmm. different teams. Um, the game is different, so you want to keep it fresh always. Now, have you done stage emceeing for events also where you're bringing people on and yes. off and that kind of thing? It's yes, we have a big, there's a big choir, a uh, big song talent show in Kansas City mm -hmm. for high school students, and they have me emcee that every okay. year. Yeah, We did, uh, I was blessed to do, uh, Union Station had their, was it their 100-year anniversary? Okay, years ago, sure. 200-year yeah. anniversary. Mm -hmm. I was blessed to be the MC for that. Cool. 40,000 people down there. And you know, and, and what I've noticed, and I know you've done a lot of this, and I've done a few also, is that you just want to, you just want to end up not embarrassing yourself, if possible. Try, yes. Yeah. Yes. Or just realize, you know, hey. Call the wrong names out. You call know, the wrong something. names. Yeah. I did a show. There are only 100,000 people watching. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. That's do it. a show. Did a show. I was on a roll. I was rocking it. Yeah. Walked off stage and, and my handler, and I'm going to blame her. This is her fault. Okay. Said, uh, your flies unzip, man. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Something like> that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shut it down. Well, it's an interesting thing you do because there's always something different. And, and, uh, and, you're, and I know your job as the MC is kind of to be the glue for the show also and hold it together a lot of times and things like that. So. Yeah, if you can. Hold it together, entertain people, but always try to put the focus on whether it's a fundraising gala. Always entertain people, but always try to focus on the client mm -hmm. or yeah. the athletes, the college kids that are on the court playing. A lot of hosted MCs feel they're the star sometimes, but you, the job is to make 
your clients the star. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I can't stand those guys. Mm-hmm. I've had a few yeah. of them work for me. Just doesn't work out, man. You got to yeah. come into this as a servant. Sure. Yeah. Now you've got. Now tell me about the where people can get a little more information on this. Learn a little bit more about. It. It's very interesting. I mean, you're in a lot of worlds. You're kind of in media. You're in marketing. You and then you fill this unusual space that very few people can do, which is this PA public address MC. Uh, you're you're a showman. I mean you. Found a little niche, man. It's it sounds like a fascinating one, but where can people go online and and look at some of your work? Yeah, you can Google my name. Although I think if you Google Rich Linden, I think maybe a sex offender comes up in yeah, Illinois right. or something weird like that. Oh, but that you, one. Okay. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Get rid of this paper yeah. then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the wrong Google search. I was going to ask you man. about that my next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to my website. Uh, it's the Linden Events. TheLindenEvents.com and just kind of show you a taste of what we do. We've got a staff of young people that work for me. Cool. They're amazing. I mean, Lloyd, you're talking about marketing. Marketing has changed crazily. I have a client that wanted me to put together some pieces. Um, they already had the video and, and, and still photos, and they wanted me to just put some quick bits together for mm-hmm. them. For marketing, well, kind of old, man. I did, I did some 30-second spots and 60-second spots. And they came back like, Rich, they... These really need to be like eight to ten seconds. <laughs> what? Eight to ten? Because yeah, we're putting these on Facebook as yeah. ads and yeah. some of the game app ads, and trying to wrap your head around that. But I've got great kids. I have great kids that work for me, and they get it. They know it. Yeah. So I turn it over to my twenty-year-olds and let them cool. knock it out. It's a way yeah. to do it. I remember how we thought, how in the world are we going to cram this into a thirty-second spot? <laughs> yeah. And now it's eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you doing other voiceover work? I do a little bit of voiceover things? work. Mostly, well, it depends on mostly nonprofits, charities. Uh-huh. I've got a little studio at the house. So just set up the microphone and do some voiceover. Do the voice of God. Call it the voice of God for mm-hmm. banquets. V-O-G. You know, the guy that tells you to sit guy down in the back of the room. quiet. Yes, yeah. the buffet is now open. Yeah, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Shut up. Program's about ready to start. Stuff like that. And I do a lot of uh, background voiceover stuff for sporting events. So, and I'm cool. still I'm still doing some radio. I still have some characters uh, that are out there. I have I have '80s guy that I play on one station. I've got I've got the guy who's a sexist, just big time macho sexist guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's got to be hard to find all that. Loy uh, usually covers that on. Yeah, our I, he's pretty yeah. good. Uh, I do yeah. that. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to send all my hate mail to you. I'm like, that wasn't me, man. That wasn't me. That was enough. I'd love that. Yeah. I see, uh, you know, when you do go online, there's a picture of you with a uh, really tall guy about to dunk a basketball. And part of him is like almost straddled right onto your head. Yeah. Are you actually doing physical stunts at these things, or is that try not to? Yeah. That was a that was a one in a lifetime college basketball championship. You know, is big, and part of it rolls through Kansas City, and they do a slam dunk contest, and I I have the contract to run all entertainment for it. So everything for my PA guys, Uh, Mike McCartney is a good friend of mine. I have him come and actually PA, so I can do other things and be the MC. But yeah, slam dunk contest. This young man. Who was only 5'10. I'm 6'1. He was only 5'10. And he made it to the finals of the slam dunk. And he just pointed wow. at me, told me to come over here. Uh, not rehearsed, not planned. I didn't know what was happening. 
So he positioned me under the rim and... Uh, He's literally leaping above your head. Wow. Yeah, the pic- it didn't even touch my, my big hair, man. Mm. Not, nothing new, but... Uh, walking up to a six foot one guy with hair that's another two inches. Uh, all right. <laughs> and leaping over his head. Hmm. Yeah, kids do it. That's youth. That is youth. That's youth. But speaking. I was scared, man. If you see the what picture, you look at the picture, if you Google it, you look at my face. <laughs> I was tense, man. I was stressed. Oh, I was uh, ready for a, for a hit. And then, you know, the funny part is it made SportsCenter Top 10, and my mom saw it, and she called me the next day and told me how irresponsible I am. And, you know, well, I'm in my 50s, but she's still calling to tell me, that's too dangerous. You shouldn't Stop be doing, doing that. that. You shouldn't be doing that. I can't believe that. <laughs> Moms are like that. Moms yeah. are. I love it. Rich, thank you so much for joining us, man. This is a very interesting to hear the perspective of, of, the, uh, of the voice at these events and these big arenas. And uh, Anything else coming up that everybody ought to know oh, about? Got a, got a contract at NASCAR and NASCAR races. Um, I run the VIP uh, area, so mm-hmm. if you want an enhanced experience, you can come into there. I have drivers. I'll have cool. Jimmy Johnson and some other drivers will wow. be with me. We'll we'll do a sit and chat. We'll do a and a play some games, give away prizes. So is that yeah. for the big money people? Uh, no. Well, I mean, kind is of big just... money people. That That's for anybody can get a, a bump to their tickets. They can just go to the uh, Kansas Speedway website mm-hmm. and get the enhanced. There you go. Well, there's your chance to see Rich Linden yeah. in person. That would be an exciting <laughs> That's thing. right. Yeah. It's something. See Rich with a bump. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. Cool. Well, thank you, Rich. Good luck to you. Thanks, guys. Cool. Have deal. a great, great week. You All right. too. Thanks. Well, you remember we started this show off by talking to Randy Wistoff, the director of the Kansas City Zoo. Loy and I, after the interview, had a chance to get out in the zoo and experience a couple things. All right, I'm currently on the merry-go-round at the Kansas City Zoo. I have chosen an animal with two horns. I'm not sure what it is, but I understand it goes up and down. Oh, I'm on a bongo. I just read the sign. All right, good. Yes. Hello. Yes. Here. I'm hoping that the merry-go-round stops with the animal in the lower position. Otherwise, it could be dangerous dismounting. Hey, Dick, look. There's a uh, little machine here that will tell you about the zoo expansion. All right. And you push a button, and then you just keep cranking that wheel. Welcome to the shortcut to Africa. Keep cranking. Come on, you can do it. I'm wearing down, Dick. I might not make it all the way to Africa. You gotta crank that, baby. Oh, I think I'm maybe to Hawaii by now. Oh, they got a cheetah exhibit here. I wonder if it's like um, touche. Fox and hounds. Oh yes. Meerkats. Oh, baboons. I got to see the baboons back in. I love that. Keep cranking. Oh, You're going to make it. It's killing me. Gorillas. No. All right. All right. You're going to be okay? All right. Oh, I'm done. Wow. I got to stop there with the gorillas. That was something.
Let's round out our threesome of personalities with Sean Mullane, co-owner of Exposure Talent Agency. That looks just like Sean Mullane from Exposure Models and Talent. Sean, how are you? Thanks for coming in. We want to talk about all kinds of exciting things that are going on in Kansas City with you. What is happening? Actually, Kansas City has an amazing amount of production work, commercials shot, voiceovers done here in, in the Kansas City area. Considering the size of a city we are, we actually have a lot of work going on. What's happening now? Well, you know, the big thing is that Sprint, of course, that is mm -hmm. based here in Overland Park, Kansas, is doing probably, I'd say, at least 90% of their production work out of their Yellow Fan Studios at Sprint. Wow. So okay. they're shooting all of their commercials here. Cool. Um, or most of them. Once in a while they shoot one elsewhere, but most mm -hmm. of them are being shot here. All the commercials with Paul. We just shot a commercial with Paul, a two-day shoot last week. All local talent that was in he's it. the can you former can you hear me guy yeah that's mm -hmm. now he's now he's this paul the sprint yeah guy. he's great hey i'm paul and i used to ask if you could hear me now with verizon not anymore i'm the sprint now give me a little background on uh, on exposure well exposure opened in 1995 when my business partner jennifer mangan uh started it herself mm -hmm. i joined uh exposure in 1996 and now she and i are partners in the business and own it together. What's the life like for uh, an agent? Well, you know, the thing about what we do is that no two days are ever the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, the next commercial comes up and they want something totally different than the last one wanted. Uh, they want a voiceover guy with an English accent, or we did, just did one where we went through a whole slew of everybody wanted either an English accent or an Australian accent for some reason, mm -hmm. or, you know, or, you know, maybe it's a regular announcer guy, or maybe they need, and, you know, whatever, it's just every single thing that comes in is going to be entirely different and a whole new project every when, time. When you get a, a, an opportunity for someone to audition for things, how many auditions will you receive from your people you send Submit. it out how many talents send you back you know there? again it just kind of depends on what they're what they're looking for if it is something real specific we might only you know have four or five people that that actually audition if it's you know something you know more again it's the announcer or the you know the the guy next door or whatever it might be more like you know 10 or 15 people we have mm -hmm. auditioned okay. for it so right. if they it's ask for like a loyage type how many would you bring in <laughs> just one that's what i really care about <laughs> that's right so how many people do you have a regular stable of performers then for both on camera and voiceover that are that are your talent that signed on with your agency? Or well, you... we actually, you know, we have to maintain a fairly large size agency to be able to fill all the needs sure. that come in. You no. know, when Sprint calls us and they need 30 extras, we have to have enough people to do 30 extras. We also have enough, have to have enough talent to be able to fill the principal role that they're looking for too. So it's, uh, you know, we actually... We have a, a pretty good size agency, but you know, we also have most of our people are working all the time. So, what? How's the workload been? Uh, you've been for, to exposures for how many years? Since nineteen ninety six. How many years is okay. that? Okay, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> of math. Yeah, that's yeah. math. Okay, then we get it. Uh, how are things? Have things changed in your business over those years? Well, the biggest change has to be, you know, when I started in this business, however many, almost thirty years ago that was. Um, you know, everything with the first half, the, the print in Kansas City was a lot more 
lot larger part of the industry than mm -hmm. it is now. Um, you know, back then we did, you know, weekly print ads for the Jones store. Oh, and yeah. for oh, yeah. um, and Macy's and, was doing their stuff. Yeah. Wow. And um, Yonkers did their stuff here. And, you know, so there were, you know, weekly jobs for for print models and and that has you know that and photographers and, and photographers all that's yeah. <laughs> yeah that sailed uh, away <laughs> so the, the that has changed and and then you know from the broadcast side of thing you know basically there was commercial work or non-broadcast work which was training videos and things like that well that has all changed you know now we have social media and digital and internet and all of that coming into play has actually you know generated a lot more work in, you know particularly for the actors so, so is and it for more the, and for the is it more lower pay work or has it still are they still good yeah no good it's gigs? still it's still it's still good gigs it because is i think everybody gigs. has that perception that in the old days you know people were getting jobs that were um, on the mass media platforms and were getting big paychecks and now it seems like you know, there are so many more productions, but they're just on the Internet. But so you say you think that the uh, the workload is kind of keeping up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, all this new media has actually created more jobs. I mean, you know, it, we do shoot things that are, you know, will never be on the air, that'll only mm -hmm. ever be on the yeah. Internet or mm -hmm. on a website or on a, you know. Uh, well, one thing that's changed is the way that people audition for things also. Mm -hmm. Back when you started, they probably had to come by your office yep. maybe and get yep. in a booth and record. And, and everybody does it at home in the bathroom. Yes, that is also yes. very true. Uh -huh. <laughs> but you still have on-camera auditions do you do those yeah. in mm -hmm. your office? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. yeah. And Most you're of the on-camera right? stuff. Yes, we're mm -hmm. in we're in Overland Park. Most of the on-camera stuff still as an actual audition process, where you go to the casting director or you come in to exposure and and we record an audition. Although occasionally we do have things that you know come down very last minute, and the client will say, you know, have them you know record something with their phone self-tape if sure, they yeah. if they need to because we don't have time to do anything else so you you got my last one with me in the bathroom with my shirt off i was flexing yeah yeah, yeah, good. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> got that one did he get the job though that's what i want to know <laughs> we need someone who flexes like loy edge <laughs> i hate that so tell me about modeling and uh, what's going on with that what kind of work well does that you know the kansas city for print work now is is a very commercial print market as opposed to fashion um, again you know we're not doing Jones store ads anymore it's more you know um, the family in the shot for the hospital or you know th you know it's things like that so commercial print there are still a few big runway shows that happen in Kansas City and so some of our models get to get out and and do the runway thing you know th three or four times a year but um, uh, you know again it's just not as much fashion modeling as it is you know, there, 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 there will always be work for a good-looking group of ladies or guys at the slot machine at the Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Who look nothing like the people that are there. Exactly. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everybody at, you, you, you notice 2 o'clock in the afternoon, everybody at a slot machine looks kind of like Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. A, a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot. Just like yeah. that. <laughs> <They're> at least, <laughs> they at least know them. Wow. <laughs> well, Sean, where do you see things going in Kansas City? So you've got all this stuff happening. Can you see any uh, talking to people out there who maybe are interested in kind of getting into the 
talent world, maybe they're they're young folks that are looking at this, or are there are there opportunities for for people who are middle aged or older in this in this modeling or or voiceover? Uh, are there training ways that they can get involved in the industry, or is it just kind of one of those things that you have to to get your chops before you can get representation? You've got to get out there and actually be somebody in that field before you can get an agent. How does that work? Well, you know, we represent talent who, you know, have huge, long resumes, been working, you know, in the Kansas City market. You know, they've been doing theater, they've been doing commercial work, they've, you know, been doing all of it, you know. So we have, you know, many, many talent that we represent that are seasoned, you know, pros. And then we have, you know, kids that just, graduated from KU and, you know, have an acting degree and, you know, are looking to do work. So we, you know, we have the whole, you know, range of people because again, you know, for, you know, every principal role there is, there's got to be, you know, those three or four people milling around in the background, which is a good way to learn about the industry if you're new at that kind of thing. So um, we, you know, we, and we represent, you know, three-year-olds we represent 80-year-olds and everything in between because as I always say we don't create the jobs we just fill them so Mm -hmm. if that fellow out there in advertising land decides he wants you know a 80-year-old lady for the next thing he's doing then we've got to have 80-year-old ladies to cast for it so I bet you got some great ones yes we do we do and uh (laughs) how about the stage moms for the three-year-olds have you been able to keep that in check yeah yeah for the most part that's gotta be hard it is well let's let's say you're a mom out there with a three-year-old what do they need to present to you to get their child the biggest thing with kids because again nobody expects a three-year-old to you know have a Shakespearean resume you know that they've the thing with kids is is that they have to be outgoing they can't be afraid of strangers they can't be clinging to mother and it has to be the kid wants to do it not the mom wants the kid to do it good point that that's Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is Mm -hmm. that they they have to have some desire now now a three-year-old can't really totally make up their mind perhaps but a five or a six-year-old even that says you know every time they see something come on tv i want to be on tv then they're that kid that's going (laughs) to do well you know not the one whose mother says you know people stop me all the time and tell me how cute my kid is and that she should be on tv Mm -hmm. you know there you go yes yeah so talk to me about some of the people and successes you've had in putting people into television shows or movies or things like that? Well, we've certainly had, you know, plenty of people in in all the movies that have been shot here locally. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, again, I've been doing this a long time. I had people in Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. and oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, wow. that, oh, that was such a wonderful film. It and, was wonderful. Yeah, had people in Article 99 and oh, that, okay. that whole slew of made-for-TV movies that were here. All, all that was in the 90s. And, and Is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bridge the biggest production ever done here, do you think? As far as celebrities, Mr. and Mrs. Bridge was, yeah, probably. Again, Article 99 was a, was a pretty big one. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Ride with the Devil was a was yeah, a sure. very big. Although was it was Jewel. shot not right in Kansas was that City, Jewel? yeah, yeah, uh-huh. okay. mm-hmm. wasn't shot right in Kansas City, but it was shot yeah. you know in, in the area. So that hmm. was a pretty big production. So it was pretty cool seeing Paul Newman walking around down in Westport, yeah. Joanne Woodward. Yeah, I was sitting at Californos and they <laughs> wandered by. by. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was a that was a fun time having that production here. So you were you you were giving them their extras and yeah. mm-hmm. and they were some, probably some used some local too. principals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some principal roles too. Are um, some of these people that you've worked with in Kansas City now working in oh Hollywood or Well, you know, like that's that? the thing that, that, that we I, I was going to say fight. Fight is not the right word, but that we deal with that we have happened quite a bit. You know, that we get really, really good actors here who do a lot of really great work for us, and then they move to LA mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. they move to New York, or sometimes sure. they just move to Chicago. But, <laughs> you well, know. yeah, you're, you're, you know, it's the old. Uh... We were the farm team for the Yankees, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. As soon as they start hitting for uh, average, they're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lloyd, do you think we should uh, have Sean do our contest here? Germany or Florida? Germany or Florida? Germany or Florida? Things are so up there. All right, Dick, if you'll read the official mayhem for this podcast's Germany or Florida from whence all good mayhem comes. All right, here we go, Sean. Are you ready? Uh-huh. A woman woke up at 4.30 a.m. Uh, to a naked man breaking into her home. The 40-year-old was under the influence of drugs or alcohol when he attacked the woman and two others inside while in the buff. According to the report, the victims defended themselves before pinning down the man, but not before he left a bite mark on the woman, according to a report. Deputies arrived and took the man to an area hospital where he died. Officials did not say what killed him, but a spokesperson said Friday the medical examiner ruled the death a a homicide. No charges had been filed. The type of homicide such as accidental, justified, or criminal is still investigations in discussion with the officials. The victim was not named, and victims were not named. An autopsy report was not available to the public because it is still an open investigation. Sean, your question, did this bizarre mayhem happen in Germany or Florida? I will take a wild guess that it happened in Germany. Sorry, Sean, you don't win whatever it was that is under Dick's chair. That was Florida that that happened. All right, but thanks for playing along. And thank you so much for joining us, Sean Mullane from Exposure Models and Talent. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for all your great information. Appreciate it. Good luck in the future. Thanks. All right. Thanks to all three of our great personalities from the Kansas City area that joined us on this edition of Dick and Loy's Media and Marketing Mayhem. You might love it. You might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show. Yay!